Welcome to Smith Weekly Discussions, an occasional program for our members of Smith Weekly Research. Please note this program is a private discussion and everything contained herein is for entertainment and educational purposes only. With that, we hope you're in a comfortable position along with your favorite beverage to enjoy the discussion. We remind our audience to examine our show notes attached to each of our shows to better understand how our program functions. Before we get into our discussion today, we want to say thanks for questions coming from our audience at Smith Weekly, including Jim S., Mike P., Jared W., Paul M., and Ryan S. Joining us on the discussions program today is Mr. Mike Collins, Chief Executive Officer, and Mr. Bill Sheriff, the Chairman of Nuclear Fuels Incorporated. Nuclear Fuels is a private company focused on uranium exploration in Labrador, Canada with its Lab Rare Earths project and uranium as well, and also in the United States with respect to Wyoming and its Casey project, Boot Heel, and also Arizona as well. Nuclear Fuels is a uranium portfolio holding at Smith Weekly Research. Nuclear Fuels is a private company that has the goal of listing on a major Canadian exchange in the future. You can learn more about the company via its website, nuclearfuels.energy. Mike and Bill, thank you for coming on the show. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for having us on today. Yes, thank you. Well, guys, we've got a good amount to talk about, but why don't we just kick this off here with just shining the light over at Mike a bit here. And Mike, why don't you just cover off your background up in the natural resource sector, including your past experience in the uranium sector dating back to the last cycle. Mike, take it away. Thanks, Andrew. I, um, I'm a geologist by background. I started in the public market side of the business in 2005 with a company called Blue Rock Resources. Uh, we quickly became focused in conventional resource development in Colorado and Utah. As we progressed along, we realized that the people who won in conventional uh, uranium development and, and operations in the U.S. were the people who either owned mills or people who had access to mills. So we started our mill permitting process, but knew that was going to be 10 years so we actually came up with a very unique method of pushing the company forward and managed to get a toll milling agreement with Denison at the White Mason Mill. We were actually the only new conventional uranium producer back in, in the 2000-2009 uh, uranium cycle. So it was a pretty exciting time. It was a great way to learn about the uranium space in the U.S. Um, and one of the things that came out of that was an understanding that ISR was probably a much better way to go. Since then, I've run a number of gold exploration companies, as well as spending five years running an engineering office here in Vancouver. Very well, Mike, and I appreciate that. And just establishing as well that you've been around in the last cycle, you know uranium, you know the U.S., which, as you stated correctly, it is a very complex jurisdiction for everything, but also specifically conventional and some of the bottlenecks that we've witnessed there over to Bill for a moment. Bill, you've known Mike for quite a while. Talk about your relationship with him and how you guys really concepted this nuclear fuels. Well, I have. I, you know, of course, primary duty is with uh, Encore Energy as uh, executive chairman there. And looking at uh, some of our non-core exploration assets, typically we've vended those off to uh, uh, other firms and uh, don't really have a lot of involvement other than a passive shareholder. This particular package of projects uh, was uh, really all came out of Encore and exceptional opportunities that we thought merited uh, a little different handling. And so uh, our story is uh, I looked and thought that uh, they'd make uh, you know, a great asset base for uh, up and coming exploration company if you could just figure out where to get the right people to run it. 
that led me right to Mike. I've uh, tried to recruit Mike as a CEO on a couple of different ventures over the years and have a lot of time and respect for, for Mike and his accomplishments and the way he runs things professionally. And uh, So I uh, was able to coerce him into uh, coming on board on this one. And I, I think he shares the view of the opportunities presented uh, you know, uh, both in Labrador and, and as well as uh, some of the projects in the States as well. That kind of brings us uh, full center to where we are, and uh, I think it's going to be a compelling opportunity. Very well, Bill. I appreciate that. And let's move over to the broad market here for a moment. Then I'd like to get into specifically, let's kick things off with this Labrador project, which will be one of the core focuses of the company. But Mike, just come back here because you've been in this uh, sector for quite a while, or you've watched it over the years here during the bear market. But I'd like your thoughts on uranium at this point in 2023. How do you look at this sector today versus how you looked at it back during, say, the last cycle? Yeah, I think there's a, a much better uh, underpinning basic structure for the development of demand on this cycle. We've got um, a clear sense from the environmental side of, of the world and, and the media as well that uh, nuclear energy is going to be part of the base load for green energy going forward. That's really quite critical. The other aspect that I think um, speaks well to, to what we're doing is the development of small uh, nuclear reactors. It's the, um, the Henry Ford moment of the nuclear business, as it were, where we're going from uh, nuclear reactors being expensive and rare to having a clear price tag, clear timeline for development and installation and uh, becoming more more commonplace and, and just part of, of how people do business and, and power things. It really is an exceptional moment for uranium. Beyond that, you know, looking at the government side of things, they're also very interested in pushing forward in development, both in Canada and the U.S. There's a lot of underwriting happening here. And as you guys know, us as well, we've been in the cycle for a long period here, going back to for Smith Weekly anyway, 2016 on the research front. Incredible amount of underwriting here. The tailwinds of good news just keep coming, and I expect it'll keep coming for some time ahead of us. Bill, how do you look at the market this year? Yeah, I'm, I'm often asked what, uh, what inning I think the uranium market's in, and in terms of the game. And, uh, you know, a lot of references made to the 2004 to 2008 timeframe, which was really the only thing that uh, most investors can remember uh, in terms of a buoyant uranium market. Because you have to go back quite a ways before that. There was a blip in 86 and then pretty much nothing uh, between then and Three Mile Island in 79. I actually don't think the game started yet. You know, there's been a lot of noise about it. Sprout obviously has come in and soaked up a lot of supply on the spot side. But in terms of the actual customers, and you got to remember contracts, contracts are, uh, you know, 95, 98% of this business. The spot market such a small percentage. It, it gets uh, an undue but uh, exciting amount of uh, coverage. But I, I really don't think that uh, you've seen the game start yet. We're still in warmups. So I think the whole game's ahead of us. And uh, I think it's, you know, the most, I've been saying for over a decade on, on uh, your program and several others, it's the most compelling undeniable supply demand imbalance that I've ever seen in markets. Uh, the only question is when, and I think now we've got the answer to that. Uh, when is now? We've, we're on the precipice of uh, what I think is an unparalleled bull market for the next decade or, or longer. Bill, I appreciate your thoughts on that. Mike, why don't we move back to you here for a moment? Why don't you give the audience just a brief overview of nuclear fuels? And I'd like to couple that with the focus at the primary project, Labrador, Canada. 
Uh, thanks, Andrew. So yeah, our, our key project is um, Labrador Critical Metals. We're down in southeastern Labrador in the same shear as uh, shear hosted zone as uh, Search Metals, which has done sort of a, uh, quite a robust PEA level REE study. We see the potential there for uh, high grade uranium discovery. We've got grades there of up to, um, I think, 6.7% in grab samples of float and you know one or two percent in rock outcrop and we just have to work to develop that beyond the uranium uh, the rare earths what we're seeing there are relatively small deposits but really quite high grade and our, our thought is that we can pull together a solid resource of you know a few hundred thousand pounds and develop it under a small mine license well we could have something that's you know as an in situ value of um, you know $1,600 or something like that, but it's costing us $400 to process, uh, to mine and process. So uh, an exceptional cash flow opportunity under a lower uh, permitting threshold and being able to move things forward fairly quickly. So it's a pretty neat opportunity. Beyond that, we've got some ISR projects in the US, two in Wyoming, Casey and Boot Hill. And then we've got one more ISR uh, project in Arizona in the Northern uh, Strip there. The core US project that's been getting investors excited, I guess would be Casey. Uh, it is, I think, uh, an exceptional ISR opportunity. We've pretty much pulled together an entire district scale play there. Uh, the last go around Casey was divided up into little patches between six different companies. So uh, not much went on there since the, uh, the early 80s. Today, we've got, you know, over 26 miles of roll front trend under our control and uh, on the west side of the Powder River Basin, which is one of the primary ISR production areas in Wyoming and in the U.S. And within that, 110 miles of roll front mapped. So there's uh, a lot of opportunity there. Our focus there is driven by a historic database that came through Encore, actually, of uh, 3,700 historic drill holes that we're putting together into a model and and looking at uh, targeting particular uh, higher grade or higher value areas for earlier exploration. It's probably one of the bigger exploration plays that you're going to see in the U.S. in this cycle, this go around. Boot Heel is a little, little less developed further to the south. And then Moonshine, we've got some historic resources in ISR, fairly high grade material and really good quality target there too. Those are the main projects right now. Mike, that's great. I'm looking forward to seeing the progress specifically at the lab project. Jacob. Pretty exciting. That's an interesting couple insights you provided there. I appreciate that and looking forward to seeing the company progress that uh, hopefully this year on that front. And then also congrats to the team for you guys to be able to really get this Casey project consolidated under one umbrella, which I think is a great feat and speaks to Bill and your ability to be able to do that. Plus, of course, the, the team helping you guys out. Mike, touch just briefly on the capital structure of the company for us, for the audience who are new to this. Uh, a lot of our audience probably is new to this, uh, hasn't really been talked about out there yet. Talk about shares outstanding for the company, the cash on hand, and if you will, the major shareholders. Yeah, so what we're doing right now is we're doing a 50 cent raise for $6 million. By the time the smoke clears from that and we have completed a reverse uh, takeover of a publicly listed company, we'd expect to be uh, running around 48 million shares fully diluted and having about seven and a half million Canadian in the bank. 
The largest shareholder will be Encore, 19.9%. Uh, We've got some uh, fairly significant funds out of uh, New York, Toronto, and uh, Brazil as well, who've taken significant positions. Management and insiders will be around 10% at that point. So we've got uh, a good piece of the company as well, and we put our money in too. So really well-structured people who are long-term in the uranium space and not looking for a quick flip on a double. That actually is one of the key things in our business is, is having a shareholder base that cares about the project as opposed to the promotion. Thank you, Mike. Uh, I'm going to go over to Bill here because Mike said something that really ties this in. Bill, Encore is a major shareholder and there is a good precedent, of course, as you know, and I know, moving the exploration assets out of a company when it progresses into development and production. I can think of a handful of examples uh, last cycle and this cycle. Is nuclear fuels the exploration arm, if you will, of Encore? In essence, it is. It's a de facto exploration arm. Uh, these are, like I say, un unparalleled assets that we put in there in terms of uh, you know, those that we aren't uh, ready to pursue in terms of a production profile. They, they just don't have enough work done on them yet. In particular, the KC with you know it's over 100 miles of roll fronts sitting on the western limb of a you know, one of the most highly productive basins in, in the U.S. and Wyoming and the Powder River Basin. Uh, you know, really, really compelling target, uh, especially with the, uh, that much already identified through drilling and, and really only one serious campaign of, of work that having been done in the, the very late 70s, uh, right at the uh, beginning of the demise of the uh, nuclear industry, if you will. So an excellent advanced exploration project. So it's just going to take some work. And of course, that's reflected by Encore's uh, arrangement uh, with nuclear fuels to, to back into 51% uh, ownership of that project uh, uh, by paying uh, a multiple of the uh, expenditures in the ground, plus taking it, uh, carrying uh, nuclear fuels to production, which uh, you know would benefit Encore by having a, a project assuming a very large project to drop into the production pipeline, as well as uh, benefiting nuclear fuels and that uh, you know, most exploration companies have slimmed to no chance of ever being production oriented in revenue. And they're uh, really their only exit strategy is to find someone to buy them. So this is a, a really good mutual arrangement that uh, provides Encore uh, additional pounds for production, assuming it works out and a uh, good reason to think that will be a good likelihood. Uh, as well as uh, providing uh, nuclear fuels and avenue to uh, revenue and production itself. A very good structure, and I commend you guys for being able to put this together. And the potential with the Labrador project and what we saw up there last cycle with respect to exploration work and what came out of that, I'll think of the, the Michelin project, for example, that's exciting. And then also the fact that this Casey project was just on nobody's radar uh, Bill and Mike, I just think is also very compelling in terms of just the sheer size of this land package. So well done on that front. Mike, let's move back over to you for a moment. Give us a little bit more detail on the initial work that is planned for the company this year, how you plan to spend the money on this first work program. What will be the focus and what do you expect to accomplish this year? One of our key areas would be working on the rare earths up in uh, Labrador and trying to tie some high grade showings that we have there together into more of a continuous belt on the shears that they, they, they exist on, <clears throat> looking for those pounds in the grounds, um, as well as more regional uh, exploration there, looking for that high grade uranium discovery. Beyond that, we'll be kicking in at KC and starting to 
develop our targeting there and I expect doing some drilling there as well. It's, it's, uh, should be pretty exciting. Boot Heel probably won't see a lot of work in Southern Wyoming, but we expect that the Moonshine Project in Northern Arizona as well, we'd, we'd look to get a bit of drilling done there too. Excellent. Well, I'm excited to see this progress here. Let's move into just uh, as we wrap up here, I appreciate your guys uh, taking the time today. Let's just cover briefly, Mike, I want to come back to you for a moment, give Bill a breather and, and talk just a bit about the management team that you guys have formulated up for this company. As Bill and I've discussed on multiple occasions, talent is a real problem. Getting the right people is a real problem in this sector amongst others. But talk about the management team that will be behind the company and any specific people you'd like to mention. Yeah, beyond um, Bill and myself, we've got a, a couple heavy hitters. Uh, David Miller is on board. He's a uranium executive from the last cycle with Strathmore, as well as uh, he's worked with Orana, the French nuclear power group, and a number of other companies in, in Wyoming. Uh, Eugene Spearing, a key guy, he's uh, had some great success in uranium discovery, as well actually did some work at uh, KC in, in earlier years. We've got some young geologists on board as well, so not everyone's a gray hair. Uh, so we've got people who are excited to get out into the field and, and actually be hammering rocks and, and drilling holes. And that's, that's as important, I think. So it's a, it's a pretty well-rounded team and unusual for, uh, you know, an earlier stage uranium team in, in the depth of experience that we've got. Thank you, Mike, for that. Bill, just can you speak just a little bit more about the go public plan, if you will, and maybe talk about the details surrounding a potential listing? I know you can't share much, but, you know, talk about the timing, maybe what exchange is targeted, if you can share that, maybe give us a little more color. Well, we do uh, have a, several options in front of us. Uh, we, we look to announce something here in the next couple of weeks. Just been awfully busy on uh, closing up private financing, uh, as well as uh, time-consuming aspects of Encore, but uh, we should get that finalized here in the uh, next day or two, and then uh, hope to announce an RTO within the next, uh, I'd say, couple of weeks. And uh, we'll be with a, uh, a Canadian firm. Obviously, that's uh, Canadian markets are the best place to uh, to incubate these companies and and really attract the initial investors into the uh, into the space. So that's about all I can tell you. I uh, can't get too specific, obviously, other than uh, you won't have to wait long. Bill, that's great. Appreciate the color around that. And as Chairman Bill, what is your overall vision for the company here? Speak to just kind of the long-term potential. What do you expect to really accomplish with this vehicle as the uranium cycle progresses? You know, two factors to that. Obviously, the the first and, and initial thrust is going to be in uh, in Labrador, uh, where we've got uh, really two commodities. We've got some exceptionally high-grade uranium there. And then you've also, of course, got the rare earth play as well, uh, right in the midst of uh, an established rare earth project area, if you will. So uh, that, that's going to be awfully exciting to see emerge. And then, uh, you know, in terms of Encore's more specific interest is seeing, uh, you know, the time and effort, uh, really the study and then the, the actual work to go into the KC project to uh, develop it to the point where hopefully it is of sufficient size and grade to uh, plop into uh, Encore's timeline to our production schedule. So, you know, Mike's got a good team. He's got uh, some excellent geologists working under him, and uh, it's going to be very interesting to see that develop down the path uh, that we've discussed. Bill, I appreciate that sharing the vision here and giving us a flavor for that, how that's going to be a lot of potential here. And with a little bit of capital, get quite a ways with respect to pounds. So we'll see how this goes. I appreciate that. Well, guys, let's leave it there for now. I want to go over to Mike. 
for potential investors who are listening in, the company has a market capitalization, of course, private, 24 million Canadian approximately. If and when this gets listed on a major Canadian exchange, Mike, why should investors consider nuclear fuels? That's the big question, because I think we have by far some of the, the best expiration targets, relatively uh, short windows to uh, developing them with reasonable cost profiles on them. So we'd expect to uh, be able to progress our project in Labrador fairly quickly. Our project in Wyoming is uh, split estate, so it's a little bit um, easier to drill there in terms of what you can accomplish and how quickly uh, you can go. So, you know, building pounds in the ground, not quite as hard. Those are kind of the key things. How fast can you move your project ahead? Newfoundland, Labrador, great place to work, Wyoming as well. So, Thank you, Mike. And what's the best way for people to reach out to the company at this stage? Uh, you can go to our website, which is nuclearfuels.energy. Very well. Bill, any closing comments? No, I think it's uh, you know an ideally well-conceived uh, company in terms of return for the shareholders, return for uh, Encore's uh, you know, an initial setup of the company, and uh, is a unique vehicle in that it does have some very advanced projects, uh, a road to, uh, or at least a path to a production, which for a small exploration company, as I mentioned before, is, is virtually non-existent. So it puts it in a very unique space. And as you keyed in on uh, with key technical people, that will be able to get it in an arena that's uh, very short on technical talent. Well said. Mike, Bill, appreciate you guys taking the time to introduce this new company. Looking forward to seeing the progress. Best of luck as you launch off the ground here this year and also on that upcoming work program. Thank you both. Thank you. Thanks very much, Andrew, and really appreciate the opportunity to put it in front of your, uh, your audience. Thank you.